You're listening to episode 27 of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. Hi, I'm Brent Hasiker, the host of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. And in this episode, I've got another interview. Yes, it's interview time. I enjoy interviews. They're so much fun. And uh, this is an interview with Brandon Moore. And you're probably wondering, well, who's Brandon Moore? Well, actually, he is a bass player who plays at Transformation Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. And this is uh, basically another one of my Average Joe interviews where I basically just just say, hey, if you're if you're a bass player and you play on a worship team at a church, then you're fair game to uh, to be interviewed because really everybody's got a got an interesting story to tell. So we're going to hear uh, Brandon's story now, and uh, so let's get started. And now our interview with Brandon Moore of Transformation Church. All right, today I am joined by Brandon Moore, who uh, I have this segment on my podcast I do every once in a while where I just invite anybody who's a bass guitarist who plays on a worship team to uh, to come on the podcast and, and be my person that I interview. I call it the Average Joe uh, series. And so today I've got Brandon Moore with me. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, Brandon. Oh, no problem, Brent. I appreciate it, man. This is uh, this is really cool, man. This is appreciated. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Hey, and and since this is actually my very first time talking to you as well, um, I don't know you that well. Um, why don't you uh, actually, well, tell us a little about yourself. And I, the one thing I do know about you is I've seen your live stream. And so uh, your, your bass playing sounded great. Your Stingray sounded great. So tell me, I guess, start off by telling us a little bit about the, uh, the church where you play and kind of what you're involved in and, and what you do there. Awesome, man. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, uh, part of a team of bass players in uh, Transformation Church, Knoxville. Um, that is a church in West Knoxville, um, pastored by, uh, Jamie and Sandra Goldberg. Um, awesome duo in ministry and, um, it's a great, you know, church family. And, uh, I'm originally actually from Chicago, Illinois. Um, oh, okay. Born, born and raised, and I moved down here around, uh, I'd say around six, seven years ago, um, and found this church about two years ago, and I would say more close to a year and a half, but um, mm-hmm. the day that I came, I mean, it was, you know, worship was kind of predestined for me. I don't I like to tell people when it comes to music, I still don't know what I'm doing here. You know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> one, one day all this stuff just happened, right? So um, yeah. um, I'm, I came to service one day and I felt, you know, the spirit was in the building. And the day that I came, there was no bass player. And I felt a tug kind of in my heart saying, hey, you know, why don't you introduce yourself to the worship leader? And um, the worship leader there is Justin McCain, and he's he's just you know I consider him you know a, a brother you know he's just an mm-hmm. awesome guy and he he builds the worship team and and invests in the team members so I'm I'm totally thankful for him. Is he the uh, by is he by chance is he the guitar player? He is yes he is he's okay. he's, he's shredding man it's something serious. 
I kind of had a feeling that he was probably the one that was kind of leading. Yeah, for sure. And so Chicago, you you moved down about uh, six or seven years ago. My wife actually came to Florida uh, from Chicago before I met her. So uh, yeah, that was about uh, thirteen years or so ago. So yeah, she's a uh, she's from Chi Town too, as she calls it. So uh, yeah, that, she really likes that town a lot. There you go. She's got it. That's that's born and bred right there. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't she wasn't born there, but she spent like twenty years or whatever living there. So she's a she's a big fan of that town. Well, we're we're, we're going to claim her regardless. Tell us she can't go anywhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she hasn't been back since. But I know she probably would have given the chance. But what what pulled you out of Chicago to go down to Knoxville? Well, yeah, I mean it's it's a part of my testimony. I, I was married. Um, and my ex-wife had some family down here. Um, and a couple of years ago, uh, I got divorced and was kind of just, um, kind of just kind of floating, trying to figure out mm-hmm. where I wanted to go. Um, when things kind of went downhill on the marriage side is when I discovered the base and, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of in- informed everything, you know, from, going to the church and, and, and meeting the staff. So Maxwell kind of grew on me, man. You know, um, mm-hmm. this, the, 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 the country, uh, uh, hospitality is, uh, is real, man. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't been playing bass that long. No, sir. This is I actually just had my four year anniversary. Oh my goodness. Last week. So only been four years, man. Oh, that's awesome. You sound great, man. On the live stream, you're just totally solid. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that and all stuff. It's um, yeah. it's been a journey, you know. But uh, again, that's just a testament to the to the people that you play with and and the music yeah. being solid. So for sure, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Other people can can lift you up. Uh, you, you know, it's like you know whatever you're doing. If you're around other people that are really good at what they're doing and they're open to to sharing their their knowledge with you, it's always a, an encouraging situation that allows just people to be fruitful and multiply in their, their, their giftings and their skills. So that's, that's great to hear. Absolutely. So, so far, what would be like your, your favorite part, um, you know, about playing on the worshiping, obviously, you know, playing bass is fun, but I mean, is there anything in particular that kind of really, um, kind of stands out for you? I think for me, it's, it's the camaraderie. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Mm -hmm. very extroverted person. Um, I, I, I think that as bass players, I mean, I, I would hear this when I was first starting, you know, it, it is, your attitude has a lot to do with it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. do you come on time? Are you ready to play? Are you, are you prepared? You know, and I, I take pride in all those things, you know, like it's the preparation, just like, you know, this is a sport, right? If I'm not prepared, yeah. I am not going to have a good time. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah. um, you know, preparing myself and preparing my spirit, right? It's, it's it's about, you know, when, as bass players, we have to internalize these songs. You have to let them in to your heart, you know, and then that's how the groove can kind of flow freely. And um, I think we're blessed at our church that all of the stuff that we sing is very biblically sound. So it's very easy for things to to get into your, your, your spirit and you can kind of make them your own, you know? And then mm-hmm. the next level is, is, is just working with a, a solid drummer. I mean, my, my 
he's he's other bass player's drummer, but I'm gonna be selfish here and I will claim him as my drummer because we've been <laughs> play, playing for a while. Um, and he's just super solid and he knows when we're gonna keep it or play it straight up, and then he also knows when it's time to kick it in another gear and do something that people that are worshiping might not be expecting. And when you when you have that relationship, it, it just makes everything a hundred times more enjoyable. So for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, drummer, I mean, it's almost like you, bass and drummer is just one person. <laughs> it's like, you're only, if you're a bass player, you're only as good as your drummer. And if I think vice versa. So I think, yeah. And no, no doubts there. And you were, you were, I have to say you were preaching my word just a little moment ago, because you said the word prepared, like, you know, 10 times. And that's like, I love that because I, that's totally my mindset completely. And what I've always preached to other people on the worship team is, you know, be prepared, be prepared, be prepared. And, and so I love hearing that. That's, uh, that's my word right there. That's probably the main word that I, I really use when, when, when talking about or thinking about the worship team is, is coming prepared and helping other people to be prepared as well, which I think kind of what led to some of the content I create on YouTube and stuff like that with training videos and stuff like that is the goal of helping people to, to be prepared for, for worship. I mean, it was, it, was, it was told to me like this. I mean, people are coming to church to worship. They are coming mm-hmm. to experience God in their life, right? And in any musical situation, there's a, a levity of responsibility, but especially in worship. You know, people do not want to hear wrong notes. They do not want to hear, you know, incorrect muting. I mean, they, they, want, to, they want to be in the spirit. And, you know, I think there's a verse that says, you know, work, work hard like you're working for God, you know, and if, and if <laughs> I do not show up, if I do not show up to worship prepared to help people worship, then what, what have I done with my week other than just waste time, you know? So yeah, it's super, super important to me, man. I, I take it seriously for sure. Man. And you, now you're, now you're preaching my, my verse, which is uh, Colossians, Colossians three twenty three. I believe is the, the correct verse where it's, you know, work as if not for working for man, but working for God. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. Um, so yeah, you're totally on my mindset. I love it. Yeah, man, for sure. So, uh, I, tell us a little bit about your, the gear you use. Obviously, you know, I've, I've watched the video and you're, you're playing a stingray, uh, any other bases, any other gear you want to tell us about? Oh my goodness. So, uh, my first base was a, was a Yamaha. It was like the entry level Yamaha. That thing was, it was a great base. I put flat wounds on it and it was, it was like the training wheels and it, it, it still plays great, but body wise, it, it, it had some, like there was no comfort cut on it. And there was just a lot of things that made it kind of more difficult to play. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I did love that base. So I, I actually gifted that base to one of our worship team members who I've become great friends with. And he's just oh, a cool. super talented musician. So, um, but so for right now, I have a, I have the, that is a Sterling Stingray. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not too much of a weirdo with my instruments, but I do believe they have personalities and that is a sassy little, little instrument. <laughs> um, I have a, I have a, I, I only play five strings. I used to do four strings, but I'm just at the point now where my fingers are, are used to the extra muting and mm-hmm. having that other string, especially for worship, especially for the, you know, we're talking about power rock, right. For some of these worship songs, yeah. so really the fit that D string really does a lot. Um, 
I have a Squire five string precision and it's actually, it's funny about that bass because I actually bought that bass as a replacement to a Squire four string. That was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, the thing was, mm-hmm. it was, it, it thumped, but the Squire, uh, I think it's like the performance series or something like that, but it, it actually is the most articulate bass that I have, which is ridiculous mm-hmm. because that's supposed to be not a precision bass in a strong suit. You know what I mean? They're really supposed to be for the low, low end. Right. But, you know, when I'm on the, the D or the G string on that bass, it just, you have to treat it with, because it'll scream. It'll, it'll just try to <laughs> sing every single time. And it's amazing to me that a preamp that, that that preamps nothing to write home about, right? But it it is doing something that I would only really see in like a F bass or something with Bartolini pickups. So I, wow. it's just such a it's just such a weird bass, and it's just like wow, I'm never giving this thing away. Yeah, I'm all for inexpensive bases as well as high end bases. Uh, I've enjoyed some. You know, I've enjoyed Esquire for a period of time too, and and had fun with it. And so, yeah, it's uh, and I love B string. I mean, I'm a five string guy too. So uh, just the other day, we were playing some slow songs, and it's always fun to go down on the the low B string when you're, you know, when you're starting out a song or ending it, or just when you want that emphasis in, somewhere in the song. I think that the biggest thing for five strings for me is this idea of shapes and movable shapes. I think that yes. You know, I I, my, I still pr- I play with my teacher. He's, his name's Rob Linton. He's an outstanding. He's a beast. I mean, he plays upright and electric, and and uh, he he kind of uses a four, but he, he that's kind of how I learn. Some people learn it shape wise. Some people learn it tone wise, and just you know follow their ears. But that's kind of the base for me is is shape learning. So on a five, you just get. You get so many extra shapes you can throw in there, and then as you, you know, do whatever you need to do in fills, you know, whether it's pentatonic or whether it's, you know, melodic or, you know, harmonic minor, okay, now it's easier for me to get around when I really don't have to be, you know, trying to travel, you know, a mile and a half to get what I get where I need to be. So it, it, it really works out best for me, I think. Yeah, the five string. Even if I'm not playing the uh, the five the five the B string on the bass myself, just the the feel of the neck in my hands just feels a lot better. Um, I got longer fingers, and it, I just feel too cramped on a four string. So five five string, even if I'm not playing the B string, just feels more comfortable. I agree. I agree, and I, I think that um, yeah, I mean the the comfort's totally there, and then you just get used to the I think posture posture. I think people especially newer players. I mean, if that's one piece of advice I could give, man, it is posture, 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 posture. Mm-hmm. You know, this, the same approach that we take with upright bass, even like some Mandel method and things like that, is the same approach we have to take with posture, right? Because the second you change something posture-wise, everything in your fretting and your, and your picking hand is just absolutely changed. So getting the right chairs, you know, getting the right posture. Like I even like stretch before some worship sessions, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll do some like, you know, flexibility stuff so that I know I can do what I need to do and be the, be the last man standing as, as Mr. Ron Carter used to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that, that's kind of a big thing too, for me is warming up before playing. And, and I'm always telling the other people, Hey, make sure you warm up before you play and don't start cold. Cause that's just, it's not good for you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see here. Um, besides worship team, is there anything else ministry wise that you're involved with either in your church or separate from your church? Oh yeah. So, I mean, we, we're a big community service church. Um, we do, um, community service Saturdays, um, once a month and we have big serve Saturdays where we go all throughout the community and do a lot. Um, I think we, we have, we have an awesome men's group at our church as well. Um, you know, really encourage a lot of growth in the word and um and also I kind of you know I, I enjoy working with our with our youth our teams that you know they're, they're super super invested and we, we, we actually have a teenage bass player that's joined our team who's playing for the main services and he's just such a such an eager learner and he's he's super dedicated and it's just yeah a, you know dedicating to kind of watch those kids grow up that's such a big yeah. part of, of worship right because I think adults we can if, if we're honest, we we, we kind of hog a little bit of the platform a little bit sometimes, you know. Yeah, we get stuck in our ways sometimes too. So the fresh blood coming in and kind of shaking things up is is always a good thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm invested in them, and it's like all this 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 kid who's just you know super into the bass, and he's he's leading between his peers. I I just went out and bought this kid an amp. You know, I was just like, man, awesome. you know, what can I do to, to to pour into you? And that's 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 kind of how I view, you know, worship is. You know, it, this is a together thing. You know, and I think mm-hmm. as bass players, we can kind of be like nomads. You know, we're gonna do our thing and then it's on to the next thing. But you know, um, that you, you asked me what the best part about worship is, and that's got to be a huge part of it. Is is the teamwork aspect? You know, getting to know, getting to um, form these these deep musical and you know, personal friendships with, with the people that I play with is incredibly important to me. So, Yeah, that's great. Well, and that, that kind of brings up something that I'm really interested in is, you know, you, both you being new, newer on, on the worship, uh, worship team, even though four years is, 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 uh, you know, not new, new, but you know, you're, you mentioned you're pretty new to playing bass, but now you've got new people, you know, young, uh, teenagers coming in on the youth coming in on the uh, team. How does your church handle like onboarding new members as far as the worship team? Yes. Yeah, so we have a rehearsal. Um, mm-hmm. I had to rehearse, which I frankly thought was the worst rehearsal I could have ever given after practicing <laughs> for seven days straight. I thought that was just hilarious. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think the most important thing that our worship leader tries to encourage is growth. Um, you know, there's there's certain levels. You know, obviously we we want to see people that are. Um, dedicated to learning the material, that's number one. Are you taking the time mm-hmm. outside of church? Um, and then uh, there's other, you know, sort of paths. So, you know, vocalists take a little bit of a different path, right? And it, it's all about how they lead the others. I think we, um, our church calls leading, leading from the overflow. You know, are you, are you able to mm-hmm. pra- praise and worship to the level that it's, it's sort of leaking out to the, to the congregation? And you can lead, you know, the 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 plat lead from the platform in a way where people are worshiping and and, it, and it's a seamless experience for for people. I, I think that that's important. So every every role kind of has their own path, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and our our leader gives great feedback. You know, he lets us know when something. I, I, I'll never forget. Um, I tried to like write my own chords one t- <laughs> one time <laughs> because I'm like. 
you know, I was, my, my teacher was, you know, really in, emphasizing like writing and stuff. And I, I brought this like tablet full of my own chords. You know, we have planning center and we do all the things. Mm-hmm. And, and my worship leader stops practice, comes over to me and he's like, what is going on with these chords? And I was like, I'm sorry, man. I tried to do it all by myself. <laughs> and he was just, he was like, man, that's great. Just don't do that right now. And I was like, okay, I promise. So it was, it was hilarious. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so were you, you were like writing out the chord charts of what you're playing. Is that what it was? Yeah. I, I, I think my teacher was trying to get my ear better. And uh-huh. to me, it, w- it was a very busy song. I, I think it was something from like elevation and it was, it was a lot of, a lot of bass notes in there. And I was trying to like write it, write out what I heard and then have that stand in for the chords, you know, from the, from the, right. You know, right. Yeah, because sometimes the chord charts don't give you all the information. That's right. That's right. So I said, okay, well, if, if I can just transcribe this, maybe I'll have a better. And I just remember the drummer was looking at me, and I could, I could just tell. I was like, oh, man, this was a bad idea. You know, but, you, know you, you go through those things as you progress, and, you know, a good worship team will usher you through those things, right? They're, they're expecting yeah. those things to happen. And I, I certainly think that's what we have at, at Transformation. So, Yeah, good. Well, from the point that you did that first rehearsal that, that you didn't think went, went too well, how, from that point on, when, was, when did it actually take to actually get up on the platform and play in a service? Uh, I, got, I got on the schedule about a month after that. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, and we've our team has grown. I think when I got there, I was one of two. Now mm-hmm. there's like five, so I mean, there's there's plenty of, of bass players um, available. Um, yeah. I do twice a month now. I'm at once a month, which is fine. You know, I mean, that's I, I'm I I want to you know again the team atmosphere. I want to see other players express themselves and yeah and have have great worship. So yeah, it's all good. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've just always been interested in how churches handle onboarding because they all do it differently. And, you know, as our church grows, too, and how we handle onboarding it, we all, you know, you're always looking at what are ways other people are doing it. Is there a better way to do it? You know, do you have them, you know, sit in rehearsal for a month or whatever with the team before they go up and play? Or if they know what they're doing, do you just put them on right away? And just how you handle all those different things is always a always tricky as you know and it's always good to know what other people are doing and kind of borrowing ideas and whatnot absolutely i agree man yeah so let's see um i'm trying to think of something else i can ask you um anything in particular in mind that um you want to share with us i mean it could be just really just anything uh well i think you asked me earlier about how I get to Knoxville and, and journeys and stuff. I don't know. Do you want you want to hear like the sure. journey on the base and all that good stuff? Oh, um, I love to. I love to. Oh, cool, man. Um, so uh, my dad was a marching band drummer actually at HBCU, and he's it was something he he kind of never he never really like bragged about it. But I, I I remember one day he showed me like a drum rudiments book, and I was like, I am not interested in this at all. I was like a teenager at this time. And then fast forward, um, really about around four years ago, I mean, you know, everything in, in, in my life, I think was really headed in, in a negative direction. Um, and I, I 
I remember just working at my computer one day, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of 80s music. That's like a lot of my musical influence. Same and, here. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, and I, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a cover band outside a church, and it's just got. I mean, that's just my jam, man. You know, if you put some. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> you put some. If you put some journey on, man, I'll just lose my mind. So. Um, that I, I, I remember hearing this song called Cherry Pie from Sade. She was real. She's still big, but. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember like, her. You know, R and B pop, and I, I, I mm-hmm. heard Paul Denman play for the first time, and. It was just, it was, it was an experience, you know, I mean, it was, I'd never heard, I, I had heard the bass, I mean, that it, it's a recognizable instrument, but I've never heard it so articulate in rhythm like that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never heard it be so flexible and I was just hooked. And before you know it, you know, you get your first bass and then you struggling and, you know, one hour a day becomes two hours and, you know, you're pushing yourself and getting teachers. And so, I mean, I, that, that plays into the whole testimony piece, you know, all of this mm-hmm. that I, I've been blessed with is, is completely owed, you know, to God, you know, and, and the opportunity to grow in a discipline. I mean, this is not my, you know, nine to five, but, you know, I, I practice, you know, religiously, you know, I, I put the work in and I, I have a long way to go, but, for sure. Like the only reason I'm at this place where, you know, I can, you know, express myself in worship and kind of articulate my feelings through this instrument. I mean, it's just been an absolute, absolute blessing, you know? Um, and it's, it, it has a lot to do with what I believe is, um, these paths that God makes for us. You know, I mean, if you just told me for you, if you told me five years ago, that I was going to be, you know, my schedule was going to be packed with gigs and I was going to be, you know, this musician that's just kind of making his way. I told you you're crazy, man. You know, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's something that's only, only doable from, from, from God, you know? And, and I, like I said, you know, I, I take our worship seriously because that is, you know, it's not only my testimony, but it's my contribution, you know, to the, to the, to yeah. the family of God for sure, man. So, yeah, well, he can he can provide abundance, that's for sure. So yeah, like he, yeah, he's doing sure. that for you, and and praise <laughs> God for that. Amen, amen, man. So, All right. so I've been, I've been, uh, I've been, you know, that that's sort of been my journey. And like I said, I have a outstanding teacher, and that's kind of rooted in jazz. Um, like I said, some Mando method and whatnot. That's kind of been, I didn't know it at the time, but that's basically the foundation he was kind of laying for me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to sort of take some of the things that we do, some of the worship that we do, and then add some of that in. And I can tell the difference, right? And I, I think that's probably why the team benefits because you have these different bassists to have these different backgrounds. You know, there's another bassist and he's, this guy's an absolute monster. I mean, he's just ridiculously good. And he, but he, but he, he comes from that contemporary rock background. So when you put these different approaches to these songs, I mean, it really, really provides, I think, um, a really diverse worship environment. You know, and that, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm always for that, right? We want, we want, the, we don't want to stray too far from the source material, but where we can, you know, we want to put 
a little bit of, of what I would call some, some paprika, some spice, right, on, on, the, <laughs> on, on the meal there, you know, so. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why, like, worship teams, like, all the ones that I play on, and it's got different people, and the songs are always going to sound different based on what lineup of people you've got and how they're interpreting the song. So, which has pros and cons, because sometimes you're like, oh, I wish so-and-so was playing because they, they do it better or whatever, but then you got to go, oh, no, that's not the way, that's not the right thinking, and, and you just enjoy it for, for uh, what it is, and and but yeah it's always different and especially with drummers you know as you know they have a different kick pattern for the same song that another drummer has and you're like whoa hold on here um we gotta get synced up here but that's uh that's probably the biggest challenge that's usually where the the, the struggle is uh the most real <laughs> no yeah i mean and you know it's 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 you know, I, I, in our in our men's group, sometimes we talk about like, well, you know, can we play this song like this? And it's like, well, you know, we kind of are limited to what we have in the source material. But at the same time, you know, especially when you're working with a drummer who knows what he's doing, you know, there isn't a print. And if you're in, if you if you have eye contact with your drummer, which is most important, I would recommend that anybody, mm-hmm. you know, eye contact with the drummer is important. Sometimes on the platform, we can get so into the bass and just be like, hey, this is where I have to, but, you know, you are working, like you said, as one with your drummer. Mm-hmm. There should be a relationship there where you, he can see it in your eyes. Uh-oh, he's about, where are we going? You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and you two should be able to react. And that's yeah. that comes with time, right? But especially for folks who are just getting into worship, it is, that relationship is also so important. So, Sure. Yeah, and I'm I I should I I'm guilty of not making eye contact as much. I'm getting a little bit better at it now. Um, what I tend to do more of than because usually the drummer, the way we're positioned on stage, we're not really, and it's harder to kind of look at each. Well, it's probably harder for the drummer to look at me in the position that he's in. But I tend to, for years now, I, I've always kind of gotten this habit of, as I mentioned, because they different drummers and you get different patterns and stuff. I tend to spend a lot of time looking at their foot, <laughs> you know, on the kick drum, what are they doing on the kick drum and what, what are they about to play? And, you know, you can kind of judge what they're playing based on watching their foot and kind of following along with that sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I think eye contact is, is definitely a good thing. And I'm, you know, I, that's inspired me. I think I'm just going to have a conversation with the drummers that I play with and say, Hey, let's, let's focus more on looking at each other. For sure, man. Now, is your drummer in a in a cage set up yeah. at your church, or how do you guys? Okay. Yeah. It, well, actually, I yeah, and I I'm actually I play at two different churches. I I, I alternate on Wednesdays at a at another church to help out. They don't have a, a bass player, and um, and so they're not in it. They well, they're in a quasi cage, meaning it's just kind of halfway. Uh, got the the paneling around it. Um, they've been swapping between an electric drum set where you don't need a cage, and then a real drum set where they put up some panels. And then, the, but the, my home home church, it's a full on cage, and they're they're locked away in the, the aquarium, as we call it. <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> the drummer aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> tap a tap a little bit of food at the uh, you know up top there to come in and feed them and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it drops. Drop a burger in there or something. Yeah. <laughs> or slide a pancake out awesome, the door. Man. Yeah, right. That yeah. cage, man, that, that, you, you have to feel for these drummers, man. That cage can be yeah. just, it's just a sauna in there. You know, I just have such a mm-hmm. 
hard for these guys that are just there working in this incredibly small space. And I mean, our, our, our drummer's got the, the mix in his, in his area and he's cueing the songs and it's, it's a lot that he's, he's got going yeah. on. So, yeah. And, and plus with our drummer in the cage, he can't even hear the pastor when he's talking because the pastor's not in the in-ears. And so we can hear because we're not in the cage and there's enough bleed through, or you can just pull out your in-ears to hear. But when you're in that cage, it's like, don't know what he's saying. <laughs> so you just kind of, yes, to just follow along with wherever we're going, what we're doing. It is such a high pressure environment, right? Like there's so yeah. much to take it into concert. And it's like, you only know it until you've been through it and you're kind of feeling your way through it. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even, even the best sound engineer, you know, it's just hard to get that stuff right every single week, you know? Now, yeah. now do you guys use planning center or what do you use for, for chords or, yeah. or anything? Yeah, we use planning center. Um, and so that's obviously a, a great boon for us. The, I've been trying to talk to Wednesday church into to switching planning center. Cause they, they use printouts and they're constantly printing stuff out and printing stuff out. I'm like, you know, for the cost of the, all these printouts and ink you're using every month, you could just get planning center and, and everyone would be a lot happier. But uh, even for that, I don't even use their, their printouts. I'm like, I just started building my own library and uh, an app called Fourscore, I think it's called. Uh, and it allows you to scan, yeah, allows you to scan in uh, documents, and then I just built a library of all their songs. So now I can just build my own set list whenever I know what the songs are, and just go off of there. That's really cool. I mean, I I, yeah. I am in the process of that. I need to do a better job with that, um, with just getting a library where I don't have to like prep prep like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I I've really challenged myself, you know, and and. I know that our worship leader, I, I know his ultimate goal is for us to not have tablets or anything on the platform. So I just push myself, man. I, I, I learn these tunes by ear and, uh, mm-hmm. I really, I really try to let it sink into my spirit, man. And, and, you know, I, I, I have a practice session where I'll, I'll spend maybe an hour or maybe 30 minutes on a song if I can get my, my ears around it. And then I have a, a an hour where I run this entire set by ear. And that, mm-hmm. for me, has done wonders. And that's not to say that. I'm, I keep the tablet up there because I can kind of understand, okay, like I can lean on this if I need to. But yeah. just the worship is just better, right, when, you're, well, when it's in you and coming out of you as opposed to coming through your eyes and then through your fingers and then yeah. back into your ears. Like it's just different and... And that's a lot to ask if you have a lot of tunes, but we really only do three or four tunes a Sunday. So that, that's not a real heavy lift, you know, so. Oh, I, I completely agree. And like, that's what I, that's how I am. I'll have the, the planning center up on Sunday just as a song list. I'll only open them if I need it, but I, I really am a big believer of going in and having all the songs memorized. And the trick that I use for, for doing memorization, um, I'll first learn it to the recording playing along, but then I'll just set a metronome to whatever the tempo of the song. And I'll just start from the beginning, even if I don't play and just count it out all the parts and then come in where I come in and, and play through the whole song to a metronome. And if I can do that, I know I've got the song completely nailed. Now, now do you record that? Uh, no, I just, I just put on a metronome and start playing. Yeah, man, I'll tell you that is that is the the moment of truth. <laughs> if you put on that metronome, 
and you listen to yourself, and you know you can tell when you're early or you know when you're dragging mm-hmm. a little bit, man. That is that is so. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have the time for that, but if I'm truly like you know pushing myself and struggling with something, that'll be the next step, and I'll just you know banging my head against the wall for an hour <laughs> trying to figure out you know where my where my technique is is, is suffering. But yeah, man, it's it's. I think that's that, that that's an awesome way to go about it, you know, and and. Like I said, it is, it is so much better, even for myself. It's it's almost like selfish. I, I know it's good for the congregation, but the fact that I can like, I, I move a lot when I play. But I know mm-hmm. most places, I I move a lot. Like I I dance, you know, and I, I want to play freely and include that in what I'm experiencing and have other people experience that. And when you're when you're glued to that tablet, man, it just it kind of just kind of toned it down a notch. So yeah, that's awesome that you're, you're playing cold like that. Yeah. But in, that's kind of part of my upbringing though. I, I learned music playing piano, classically trained and, you know, sitting with a metrodome. So to me, it's, that's a pretty natural thing to do. I know it's, it's harder for, um, you know, other people to do sometimes, but that just kind of was how I was brought up. So it's a little, it's a little easier, I guess, for me, I guess, just from experience. Now, now, do you got now? Do you do you use pedals on your on your platform? Do you, do you have a typical? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we uh, yeah we don't use amps. Um, so I run direct um, through pedals. I'm using a, a Mesa Boogie Subway Plus preamp pedal, which is oh um, I know about really that. Nice, I know the Mesa. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. pedal. And then I've got a little Zoom uh, box that uh, you know does compression and overdrive and stuff like that. And then I've also got a um, uh, Electro Harmonix uh, b- Mini Battalion. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for overdrive as well. Yeah, so it's just a, that's it, and that's all I use. the uh, The Zoom also acts as a tuner when I when I mute it, so I pretty much have everything I need with that setup. Nice, very nice, man. How about you? Um, so I've got a Zoom as well. I I mainly use the Zoom for practice because of the because of the metronome, I think the metronome's top notch, mm-hmm. and then just the the, the you know because whenever I plug my uh, analog rig up to my computer to my interface, it's it's almost like it's overpowered and I, it's just a lot of surgery I got to do to make that thing work. But I can plug the zoom in, kind of get it going, and then kind of roll from there. Um, but I make my favorites in worship. I have a um, I have a MXR bass compressor that's, and then I have a tuner. Okay. Those are the always on. I have an Electro Harmonix Monosynth. I'm just mm-hmm. now breaking that in. Um, I have some cheap pedals that have just been... I, I, I feel like the cheap pedals do a better job sometimes than, than the expensive pedals uh, yeah. because they have a, a grittiness to them that you just can't replicate. Like, I have a, a distortion. You know, we do we do some, you know harder rock stuff like lion for example if you've ever heard that mm-hmm. right like that song yeah that song just re- that song requires distortion right and oh yeah um it you know and it, it just sounds mean you know and i i i think my and then i have a i have an envelope filter i have a chorus and i i think my favorite pedal that i've found so far is my flanger i know a lot of that's not a lot of people's that's not a lot of people's thing but it is my yeah. thing um cool having this this airy high that I can go to. I think 
on the D and G string, I can be a little heavy handed, especially when I'm trying to mute and keep everything where it needs to go. And the flanger just spreads out that high and it just, it makes huh. it like smooth butter, man. And even though I'm in it, I'm in the spirit and I'm like, you know, plucking away at this thing, that flanger just gives it that smooth hit. So when, you know, if we're on a hard charging rock, valid worship, you know, I can dig in, man. And that thing will keep it from overpowering. Cause you know, when you're, when you're, when you're playing on mids on bass, that's what's going to mm-hmm. scream over every other instrument. It's not the mm-hmm. lows, right? So it's right. the mids that are, that are going to poke. And I, I, I don't like that. There's a lot of other guitarists on, on the platform. There's a, there, you know, the piano I think is central to a lot of this music. I cannot have, the mids just trying to do too much. And so having a, ha- having that flanger was a guy and that flanger was $30, man. So it, this stuff is huh. not expensive, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I never think of using a flanger because to me, it seems like it'd just be too, too much, too noticeable of an effect. You know, for me, well, first of all, I don't care. I'll just tell you that. I don't care. That, that, that's, the, that's the benefit of only being a four-year-old in this, is that you really don't care. And I think that, um, I think that some styles it, it doesn't work as well for, and that's okay. I'll just kind of you know, have it compressed. and uh, like I'll, 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 I'll never do distortion in the flanger. That's way too much, you know. But mm-hmm. um, some subtle flange, maybe with a twinge of chorus, I think is, is perfectly, especially for slower stuff, more atmospheric. I just think it just works very, very well, especially yeah. in, um, you know, most of these worship rooms, they're very big, but they're like, they're steel concrete, you know, buildings. So the sounds, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when, when you hit people with distortions and the more of this bass sounds like an electric guitar, it's very harsh on folks' ears. So to have something mm-hmm. to to smooth that out has just been, I mean, that's it, it to me, I, I, like I said, a lot of people, it's not their thing, but to me, that sounds like my sound, you know, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to have it, man. So, yeah. Well, my zoom does that, you know, it's a, can do multi effects on it. So I might play around with uh, those effects and see how they work. Yeah, man. Flange it out. That, that, that's my, that's my recommendation. <laughs> any, any chance you get, flange it out, man. <laughs> Well, I, I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to try that at rehearsal tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see how that works. That'll be cool. <laughs> I'm always uh, interested in trying new things. And I just, to be honest, I've just never even thought, hey, I'll use a flanger. It just never crosses my mind to try it. I was, doing research. <laughs> I was doing the research on it, you know, and I, I, I try to, I try to listen to other bass players and what they're doing and, you know, when I was building my board, I said, okay, I know what I need, but it's like, you know, what is, what is a part of my sound? Like what is going to be, you know, I know how I play and, you know, what's going to not only just be something fun, but it's going to, that's going to add value to what I play. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in my other cover band, I mean, that thing's on all the time just because it's so much, 80s rock and it's so much you know yeah uh, atmospheric kind of stuff kind of hard not not hard charging but high high energy stuff that it just fits mm-hmm. um but you know there's times where i, I don't want it in there you know the, it, it just really really depends as my teacher would say and he would always press to me serve the song right like that's the most important mm-hmm. thing um so yeah 
but yeah, it, it is, it is pretty integral to what I do. And I don't, you know, it, the amount of flange that I use is just depending on how my fingers are feeling. You know, does, do, do I really need a lot of flanger? Am I, you know, am I going to be on the G string a lot? Am I going to be, you know, up on the, the higher frets, you know, then I probably won't need need a lot of, you know, a lot of flange. But if, but if it's going to be just a few notes where, okay, now I'm going to go on the second octave and we really got to make this thing sing, I want, I want my flange there. So, yeah. Hmm, cool. Yeah, man. Definitely going to give that a try. Cool. <laughs> well, anything else uh, you want to cover um, while you got the, uh, the platform here? <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I want to... Um, well, thank you, man, for this for this this opportunity. And I think that it's so good to have folks that are in the worship space and and have a community around that. I know Talk Base has a lot of forums and mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot, but I I think that it's so important um, to have uh, a place for collaborative learning. You know, especially in the mm-hmm. shed, man, it can be such a lonely place, and you're you're dealing with expectations and, and gigs and, and songs. And like I said, man, those place where we, we can be nomads, but, you know, bass is, is an important instrument and even more so in the, in the framework of worship. So I, I, I'm, I'm thanking you for having, having this great, great, uh, great platform, man. And I, and I appreciate it. Sure. You're welcome. And you mentioned talk bass. Are you a member of the uh, praise and worship band uh, forum that's on there. I, I, no, I just joined Talkbase. I need to explore it a little bit. Um, okay. So I'm, I, I, typically, I was on I was on Reddit for a very long time, and especially when I was uh-huh. younger. Um, but I need to I need to get my get my Talkbase research up. I'm still kind of getting used to the layout. It's a little, little bit different than Reddit, but um, yeah. I mean, when I look for answers, it's one of the main things. <laughs> it's one of the main things. Yeah, that there's up, lots so of good I'll information be, there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but definitely community-wise, especially worship-based community, I think it's, I always get the name wrong. I think it's Praise and Worship Bass Players Forum or something like that. I, I always get the name wrong. But anyway, I am I, I contribute to that forum a lot, and I read and keep up with it on a regular basis. And all the people on there are just really top-notch people and um, just a really good community. And you'll, you'll see a lot of the same people, you know, posting every day on it. So definitely something to check out. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. No, sure. I mean, this is, this is um, you know, I, I would just encourage, um, especially new learners, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've been through, you know, sort of the growth period that I think we all go through on any instrument. And especially if you're in the worship space, you know, keep, keep your routine, you know, keep your, if you have a teacher, you know, keep up with them and, and kind of just, you know, know, know that there's going to come a time where you are connecting with your instrument. And if you're using that, um, if, you, if you're using that in the service of worship, you know, there's just such a purity there, man. And, you know, and keep going, you know, it is a, mm-hmm. such a rewarding, such a rewarding instrument. And it just gives back to you that little bit that you're putting in now, it, it's going to give back to you times, you know, times three. So, um, enjoy yeah. it, you know, yeah, I definitely have a lot of fun playing, playing bass on worship. Absolutely. I need to see you play that, 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 that headless man. I've been, I've been looking, oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I saw your, your episode on the headless and I was like, I've never considered a headless, but I think, I think Brent's kind of making this thing look a little appealing to me. So I'm going to have to, <laughs> yeah, gonna have to, see, gonna have to try it. one, man. 
Yeah, I'll send you a video link. Yeah, man, that that thing was, you know, I mean, and I, 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 Ibanez is, is always coming up with funky, fresh stuff, but, um, I, you know, the the podcast you had about the the posture, again, focusing on that posture piece, man, that mm-hmm. sounded sounded like that bass just doesn't want to sit in the wrong place, and that that sounds awesome if you ask me, man. Yeah, it's it's ergon. I call it ergonomic bliss. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah i mean it's definitely by far the most comfortable bass i have it's not currently the main bass i'm playing because i i got a i picked up a lakeland bass recently and really really enjoying that but uh it's it's uh you know it definitely even the lakeland doesn't match the the ergonomic bliss of the of the ehb bass that thing is just so comfortable it's amazing Incredible. And now, did it take you a long time to get used to the fan? Do you have the fan fret model, or is that? Um... Yeah, it's, it's a fan fret, and it's also the short, the medium scale version. Um, it really doesn't take long to get used to the fan frets. Um, I, I, I did find over time that I probably do prefer regular parallel frets because mostly, and it's mostly just in the first few frets toward, you know, by the, by the nut, because that's where the, the fan frettedness or whatever is the most extreme. And so you find yourself kind of the way the the nut is also it's got a little bit of a sharp edge and so i always find myself like if i'm going to an f on the e string you know kind of hidden my hand against the the sharp edge of the nut because it's further towards my hand than it would be on a parallel so you get kind of weird stuff like that but once you get like you know third fret fourth fret on it's it's like regular bass it's like not that weird at all and it's still it's not even it's not weird playing it anywhere it's just it's not i find it's not as comfortable in the first few frets as it would be on on a on a parallel fret bass you know i i have a i have a squire jazz that, that's my third bass actually it's a squire white um five string jazz and you know i tried some fan fret basses and i just can't you know and I, I guess it just speaks to, to, to Leo's genius, right? Because that bass is more comfortable than any fan fret bass that I've ever tried, you know? And it's just like, you know, sometimes you just can't beat the original, you know? So, man. Yeah. But that's that's awesome, man, that you have this this, this headless bass that's just ergonomically perfect. And uh, yeah. as, as you can see, I, I have a lot of... Uh, non-expensive basses, so I will not be in the uh, <laughs> in the headless <laughs> fan fan fret market anytime soon. But you know yeah. that, that sounds awesome. So, but you can't get them in a regular parallel fret version as well. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. I, I have to look into no. that, man. It, it's <laughs> it's it, and, and it sounded good when you played it, and I was like, man, this guy. I, you know, sometimes you you, just, you can't picture it. Because it just doesn't look like what you're used to, but man, I, I, yeah. have to, I have to try one out for sure. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, well, hey, I guess I should probably let you go here, um, but gosh, I really appreciate you spending the time with me and, and chatting. This has been a lot of fun, so keep in touch, and I'll uh, I'll uh, send you some some links and stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, anything, any final thoughts you wanna you wanna leave us with? Oh, man. Um, well, I want to give a shout-out, obviously, to my Transformation Church family, um, Pastor Jamie, Pastor Sandra. I love you guys with Reckless Abandon, and um, uh, Pastor Justin McCain, man. Um, Shout-out to our music worship leader and all, all my worship team folks. 
um, all my love to you guys and, and everybody listening. You know, everybody keep, keep worshiping and, and keep enjoying playing for the Lord. It's a great thing. Great, great. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Brent. Have a good one, baby. Hey, you're welcome, man. Thanks. All right, bye now. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. And thank you so much to my guest today, Brandon Moore from Transformation Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Brandon also mentioned that uh, he's got an Instagram uh, channel where you can find out more information about him. And his channel, or I have a channel, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, is accountant or whatever. I don't use Instagram, to be honest, so I don't really know. So uh, I guess it's his uh, actual account uh, or whatever name is Design by Movement. So if you want to check them out on Instagram, go ahead and check them out there. And if you want to find out uh, some more information about us or get involved with the uh, Bass Guitar Worship Blender online, check us out on our Facebook page. Just do a search on Facebook for Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast and it should pull up and uh, you can also join our group and kind of get involved with uh, talking with us there and as well as if you're a bass player at a church somewhere and you'd like to be uh, interviewed too uh, you can contact me through that uh, Facebook page so uh, that's it for another episode thank you so much for listening and God bless you